0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us, then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. And that he said to them, "Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God." The gospel of the Lord. Amen. Today's gospel is fascinating. The Pharisees are once again trying to trap Jesus by posing questions to him that will probably result in people turning against him. But Jesus outwits them once again and uses their own words against them. We must closely look at this gospel to determine the full meaning of it. Because if we look superficially just at the surface We may get the impression that Jesus is asking us to separate our faith from other parts of our life. Give to Caesar one thing, give to the government one thing, and give to God something else. But to get the full meaning, we must ask what belongs to God? What belongs to God? I was thinking about this question earlier this week. And I think the better question is, what does not belong to God? Everything we are, everything we have, can be attributed to God. He made the world and all that fills it. Every breath we take, every second of our time, every physical possession we have in one way or another is attributed to God. Everything belongs to God except for sin. Everything else belongs to God. So in this light, every part of our life should be repaid to God except for sin. Now some people may look at this gospel to justify a desire to separate their Catholic faith from their Other parts of their personal life or their professional or social life. I see this a lot with those who serve in public office. Those who enact or enforce or judge laws will sometimes say, Well, I'm Catholic, but I keep that as a private part of my life and I don't allow it to interfere with my profession. It's ridiculous not what Jesus is asking us to do. It's actually just the opposite. Archbishop Chapu wrote a book in 2008 called Render Unto Caesar. Its title comes from today's gospel. And in the in- introduction of that book, you would read this. People who take God seriously will not remain silent about their faith. They will often disagree about doctrine or policy But they won't be quiet. They can't be. They'll act on what they believe, sometimes at the cost of their reputations and careers. Obviously, the common good demands a respect for other people with different beliefs and a willingness to compromise whenever possible. But for Catholics, the common good can never mean muting themselves in public debate on foundational issues of human dignity Christian faith is always personal, but never private. I recently watched a movie. came out in 2002. I watched it again recently. It's called The Pianist. It's based on an autobiography of a Jewish man named Vladislav Spielman who is a Polish musician, a composer, a pianist during the time of World War II. And this this movie follows his life beginning with the German invasion and occupation of of Warsaw and the rest of Poland. And it shows the the progression of the the German hostility towards the the Jews, uh, not allowing them to walk on sidewalks or go in restaurants, and then they had to wear distinctive clothing then moving them into a very small part of the the city, taking their possessions away, and ultimately putting most of them on trains uh, headed for the concentration camps. And much of the movie shows uh, Vladislav escaping from his captors with the help of, of Polish citizens who are trying to hide him or the Polish resistance in Warsaw. And there comes a point in the movie where the Germans had suppressed the resistance, and Vladislav was he's wandering around wandering about a a bombed-out city, or what was the city of Warsaw. And he's going from house to house looking for water and food. And he goes into one house and he's discovered by a German army officer, a captain named Wilhelm Hosenfeld. Wilhelm could have shot him on the spot. He could have had him arrested, sent to the concentration camps. But instead, he begins a conversation with Vladislav. He begins a conversation with him. And it's very beautiful important part of this movie where this, this German army captain is showing incredible dignity and respect for this Jewish man and Wilhelm helps Vladislav find a better hiding spot and he comes back the next day with water and food and even gives Vladislav one of his own coats because it was, it was cold Weeks later, the Russians arrive in Warsaw, and Wilhelm and his remaining men and his unit are sent to a prisoner of war camp in Russia, and Wilhelm would would die seven years later in that camp, uh, probably as a result of being tortured. I was fascinated with this character of Wilhelm Hosenfeld in the movie, and I, I did some research afterwards and i, I realized it and this wasn't a surprise that he was raised a devout catholic he served in world war 1 he was injured after the war he he became a school teacher raised a family the outbreak of world war 2 entered back into the service but he never abandoned his catholic faith even while serving in Hitler's army. And there are many eyewitness accounts showing that he was responsible for saving many Jewish people. This German army officer saving Jewish people. He gave drink to the thirsty. He fed the hungry and he he clothed those who were naked. Amazing. This is the mandate given to all Christians by Jesus Christ. Wilhelm, he never abandoned his Catholic faith. He never kept it in a secret place. He never said, I'm going to serve Caesar, or Hitler in his case. I'm going to give to Caesar. I'm going to give to Hitler what's his. I'm going to give to God something else. No, he realized that everything belongs to God, except for sin. Everything belongs to God. He never forgot that. He lived his his life that way. His life is an incredible example to all of us of heroic Christian virtue. It's a reminder that no matter what our state in life, no matter what our profession, whether we're a soldier or a truck driver or a cook, a stay-at-home mom, a school teacher, whatever it may be, we must remember what belongs to God. What belongs to God? Everything except sin. God has given us everything. We're being asked in the Gospels to be good stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. You know, a lot of people, they think, well, what belongs to God is, you know, when the collection plate comes around, I I put five bucks in there. Or if father hasn't made me angry, maybe ten or fifteen. No, we're asked to be stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Everything that God has given to us. And to repay it back to God. And we cannot separate our Catholic faith from the other parts of our life. Give to God what belongs to God. And what belongs to God? Everything. Everything. Praise be Jesus Christ.